Hey, welcome into Four Down Territory. I'm Kyle Madsen, the managing editor over at the Niners Wire. Joining me right here, it's Doug Farrar. He's the managing editor of the Touchdown Wire. And Doug, it's draft week. All the pre-draft prognosticating and opinionating and ranking and mocking. It's time to finish all that up and it's time to actually get to the real thing. I'm really, really excited. Well, we're not done mocking because I'm currently doing a two-round mock after the Aaron Rodgers trade. So <laughs> okay, that's not- fair. Happy Monday afternoon, everybody. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, that, that threw a wrench into our into our plan just a little bit, yeah. but it doesn't alter our conversation that no. much here on four down territory. No, because we knew that was gonna happen and you know onward. Yeah, it was just it was a it was a when, not if, and if it would happen before the draft or during. Well, it happened. We're recording this Monday, and we will definitely talk about that Aaron Rodgers trade here in a little bit. But let's start near the top of the draft where the Houston Texans picked number two mm-hmm. and there was leading up to the draft. There was a, a uh, consensus that they were going to go with a quarterback, but now it looks like maybe they, they might not go that direction. If you're Houston, if you're on the phone with their general manager, Nick Casario, are you telling him, Hey, you have to take a quarterback in this draft? Well, I think having to do anything puts you in a weird position uh, from a, just a decision-making perspective um whichever of the top two and i think we all agree it's bryce young and cj stroud whichever of the two the panthers take at one which consensus seems to be it's bryce young i mean if they love cj stroud take him number two i think he's you know healthy sam bradford i think he's a franchise quarterback but if you don't like him at two and you can't trade out and someone else doesn't like stroud and you know that much then no, I don't think they do have to. Like, you don't want to take a quarterback just because you think you have to. Yep. Um, the thing that Casario and new head coach D'Amico Ryans understand is that they're still recovering from the Bill O'Brien, Jack Easterby eras where <laughs> mistakes were made. Yeah. Uh, there are needs all over the roster, and if the Brain Trust truly believes that there are better players at other positions, especially with the second and 12th overall picks, mm-hmm. they should go with that. My latest mock, <laughs> the one I did before this one, had them uh, trading for Trey Lance, taking Jalen Carter with the second pick, and getting Boston College with the Rose Flowers, my receiver one at 12. If they believe Mm-hmm. that Carter would be more impactful than whoever QB2 is, basically, as I said, whoever the Panthers don't take with the first overall pick, they should go with that belief. They'll get pilloried for it, especially if that quarterback succeeds elsewhere. But you also have to remember they have two first-round picks in 2024, um, mm-hmm. and they can always trade up and get their guy in that draft. That, that I mean, this is not a Texans team that's a quarterback away, and I think the guys in charge should act accordingly. You, you pick out of – really, really, really best player available here as opposed to, well, you know, it's a quarterback, so let's just go get him. If you don't believe in a quarterback, don't take him. That just makes yeah. a disaster. And especially when I, I totally agree with you, that's especially true for a team with a defensive head coach. Yes. You can't just be grabbing a quarterback because you think you have to. Look at the way the 49ers were built. The Texans are in a spot where you can't try and rush this contender thing and i understand they're in the afc south and if you get the quarterback pick right you could contend this year in a not very good division but you hired a defensive head coach and presumably you're looking at a four or five year plan here this needs to be a ground up rebuild yep and that's why if you like will anderson or jalen carter or whoever it is at number two more than any of the quarterbacks then go that direction and you can figure out the quarterback spot later and i think that's that's true a because they do have a defensive head coach where it's like, yeah, hey, and it's first-time offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick who came mm-hmm. over from the Niners. 
And okay, that's all that's all great. They came from the Niners, but that doesn't mean they're going to be Kyle Shanahan. That doesn't mean yeah. they're just going to be able to plug and play quarterback, right? So you want to make sure you're nailing that pick. And if you think you can nail the number two and number 12 picks with defensive guys or a receiver and a defensive guy or whatever it is, I think you have to do that. And when you look at where D'Amico Ryans came from to go back to the 49ers, they built this team the exact same way. They went Solomon Thomas, number three. Now, granted, these picks didn't work out, but it's the it's the process. They went Solomon Thomas three, and then they traded up to draft Ruben Foster, number 31, and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's first draft because they wanted to build out a team that they could then plug a quarterback into. Right. And I, I think if that's the route the Texans want to go, then they absolutely should. But like to your point, if you love C.J. Stroud, then take C.J. Stroud. But they don't. I mean, I will, but I'm not in the room. I think Stroud is. I think Stroud's better than Young. He's my QB one. But if you don't believe mm-hmm. in him, is my point. Don't take him. Yeah, let's let's move on to our our second question here, which gets away from quarterback and talks about maybe a a a position with different value. I don't want to say less. I don't want to. I don't want to lead the question here, but with with different value and and a player in B. John Robinson. Frankly, is the Texas running back worth a top five pick in this year's draft? You know, I, I finished my position list today and I concluded with running back. So I did like my fourth go around of B. John Robinson's tape. I truly believe he is the best running back prospect since Adrian Peterson came out in 2007. Wow. Better than Saquon? So, yes. Oh, he's wow. a much better runner than Saquon Barkley. Wow. Uh, not quite the receiving threat, but a much better back, just a much better player. Um, and you know, Barkley went second overall, uh, non-parallel in, in his own way, but Bijan Robinson is just a different guy. I mean, you take Josh Jacobs and give him Le'Veon Bell's receiving ability and you make it all about 20% faster, man. So there have been 16 running backs taken in the first 10 picks of the draft since 2000 with varying degrees of success from Ladinian Tomlinson, Hall of Famer to Trent Richardson. Oof. Uh, NFL teams would probably be more afraid of the specter of getting a Richardson that high than the possibility of getting a Tomlinson, especially at a position that's deemed fungible for so long. So if Robinson doesn't hear his name called until the teams are 20th in this upcoming first round, it won't surprise me at all. I don't think I've ever mocked him higher than the Lions' second pick, which is, you know, you're talking mid-teens, so there you go. But let's, again, positional value aside, look at Robinson specifically. Again, Best running back prospect I've seen since Adrian Peterson, who was selected by the Vikings with the seventh overall pick in the 2007 draft. Robinson is not an ordinary first round running back. He is the rarest of all things. He is, okay, we say generational all the time. This guy is generational. He is not annual generational. He is the real thing. He broke 104 tackles last season. His broken tackle rate of 39% over his collegiate career is tied with Javante Williams for the highest since pro football focus began charting it in 2014. Robinson has the shake and bake to get through any defense. He has the long speed to turn any play into a home run, and he's a legitimate three-level threat as a receiver. When I put up my, my when this is published, my running back ranks will be up. Go watch the uh, the skinny slant he ran <laughs> last season. I mean, it, it's something you'd expect from a, a, a like a highly paid slot receiver, right? So this is a running back that can define your offense. I know we don't talk about things that way these days, but B. John Robinson is not your average guy. I think you have to throw out the era concerns, throw out the positional value, and get with the idea this is the kind of running back you see maybe once in a decade. And in cases like that, you alter the rules because, you know, and, and 
okay, if it's the Buccaneers and they want to throw the ball 700 times a season, then of, of course not. Right. But in a case like this, this isn't just another first-round running back. This guy's different. He's special. He's elevated above. So I think in a case like that, at any position, the rules just change. I, I think that's where I land with him, too. This isn't a running back that can catch a swing pass. No. This is a running back who can be used like Christian McCaffrey, yeah. where he's on the field, but he might be splitting out wide or in the slot, or he can run it between the tackles, or he can run it outside. There's there's not much he can't do. My, I have two things with this. One, as far as the top five, like in a vacuum, sure, he's one of the five best football players in this in this class, I think. But when you look at, are the is that a need? Is that going to change significantly any of the teams in the top four? I don't think so. But when you have a team like Seattle, <laughs> where they're in the top five because of a trade that went sour for the Broncos, that's a team where it's like, yeah, if they use the top five pick on this player who is a multi-positional threat, an explosive playmaker, that would that tracks and they're good. Let's say the Seahawks did that. They, I don't think they will, but let's just go to the world where they do. They're going to get killed for it, especially among the, the analytics community, but they're getting a really good player who they can do a million different things with offensively. And that's like the goal of the yeah. draft is to get good players in the building. The, the positional value thing comes down to that second contract. And that's right. the big, if you're using a first round pick, are you going to want you you want to make that guy a centerpiece of your of your franchise? And with running back, it's really hard to get four good years, maybe five, and then another four or five good years. But and with I Robinson, think seeing that the NFL is becoming less of a second contract league than it was before, I don't think we're as beholden to that as we used to be. Yeah, and I and I and I think too that's with with Robinson, like that's a gamble I'm I'm willing to take if I'm again focusing specifically on this year's draft if I'm Seattle and I'm in the top five. Yeah. Like and he's there. And he's the best player on your board. Go that route. Yeah. So I, I in short, yes, but I understand like the argument against it. But man, he's he's just so much more than running back in the sense yeah. of you know how how we see it when we talk about that positional value. Uh let's jump back to quarterbacks and let's actually get to to Aaron Rodgers here. How many quarterbacks now there's one down? How yep. many more quarterbacks will be traded before or during the draft? I think this is it. We can talk about Trey Lance. I don't think it'll happen. I think, you know, there's some fishing going on. And if the Niners got the right offer, which in my last mock they did, uh from the <laughs> Texans. And I have if to they get you know, that offer, they would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Where yeah. you can get like three picks and you can bump up into the second round a couple times. Like, oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Um you know, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think the Lamar thing will happen. Um, and, I mean, the thing about Lance is I can't believe they take any kind of low-wall competition. They gave up three first-round picks for this guy two years ago. Right. I, I'm still astonished that it's gone this far. I mean, I know, okay, Brock Purdy had this really interesting season, but wow. Um, and I don't know, you, you brought Purdy and Sam Darnold in your QB room, and you want to expect to – compete for a Super Bowl, which is the plan down there. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that. They're, they're, right. That's why Lance isn't playing. Yeah, but they're thinking Super Bowl or bust. And, you know, if there's any regression or any sort of, you know, figuring him out, it's a problem. 
Uh, as far as the Ravens, I think in the end they will come to some sort of terms with Jackson to make him happy enough, I, in, even in the short term. I mm-hmm. think the Odell Beckham thing was part of that, and I think they'll keep things rolling there. I mean, they'll at least paper over it. I don't know that he'll get the deal he wants, but I think, you know, they'll they'll at least kick the can down the road. Uh, brief thing as far as Rodgers, I put up a tape piece about this uh, like an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have watched Rodgers' 2022 season in detail, just to break off from the, the trades for a second. And I know he had a hurt thumb and, I, you know, all that. And he had moments in the first – month of the season before that thumb injury where he still looked like him, but there were, there were a disconcerting number of games in which he most decidedly didn't. And that wasn't just the upper body stuff. It was the lower body stuff. He was sailing passes all the time. He's going to be 40 years old in December. The list of 40 year old quarterbacks who have ever succeeded in the NFL is Tom Brady and everyone else off a cliff. So I don't know about this just to bust in there with that. Yeah, I get I get what the Jets are trying to do here. They have a they have a good defense and they were adequate quarterback play away last year from really making a playoff push. So I get it, but it's so short term and they I know they didn't unload, you know, some heavy draft capital or anything like that, but well, conditional first is pretty big. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And but if Rodgers is playing 65% of their snaps like they they I think they'll be like Okay, I, I I respect the the swing and the and the process. As far as Lance goes, I, I'm I'm with you on Jackson. I think I think the Ravens figure that out. As far as Lance goes, the Niners can't. I I I don't. I have been anti trade to begin with 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 him, but if they're gonna move him before the draft, that means they are just banking on Brock Purdy, who's coming off UCL surgery on his throwing elbow. Yeah, there is that. And, and just banking on him being healthy. And then Sam Darnold being the backup. And then I, Max Duggan is the player that I've just grabbed as the as the Niners' de facto fourth quarterback or third quarterback or whatever. And like he's a Max. A Shan- he, yeah, he's a Shanahan guy and he doesn't have the talent to color outside the lines. And Kyle and Crystal are guys like that. <laughs> right. He's just going to drop back and he's just going to, he's going to do what what the offense requires. So yes. that's what I, I've just thrown him in there. Like that's not, I don't think that's good enough, especially no. if Purdy regresses a little bit. And then, you could wind up in the same situation you were with Garoppolo when you had to move up and and, yep. and draft Lance. So I, I I understand that you know they might want to move him and get something for him while he has a, the additional year on his contract. And I, I I get all that, but it's just not the just not worth the squeeze if a team's going to go like, yeah, hey, here's the ninety second pick or whatever. There's a late <laughs> no. third round pick for him and a future day three pick. Like that's just not. That's just not worth it. Just have the backup quarterback, have the talent in your quarterback room. And, you know, maybe Purdy isn't healthy and Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold and Trey Lance gets to start 14 games and starts to figure it out. Like that, that is a risk I think the 49ers would way rather take than, okay, trade him and hope that this late third round pick or whatever it is works out. So I don't think he's moving. I think it's just Rodgers. I'm with you on that. Yeah. All right. Last one. We focus so heavily on day one of the draft. But let's look at day two or day three prospects now. Is there a player in that range, so between rounds two and seven, that you think, despite sliding down there, will have an immediate impact in the NFL? 
Uh, I'll go with Ohio. Oh, excuse me, Iowa State edge rusher Will McDonald the fourth. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what the first three, three Will McDonalds did, but this guy's good. And there are prospects <laughs> you really have to project for NFL success because their college coaches did not in any way put them in obvious positions to succeed. Uh, in McDonald's case, he was playing inside the tackles in three man fronts at six foot three and two hundred and thirty nine pounds. Far from ideal, but he still managed to rack up six sacks and 25 total pressures last season. You put him outside the tackles where he belongs in four- and five-man fronts, and he could double those numbers per season with his NFL team. I don't think, honestly, as far as explosiveness, there's a big difference between him and Nolan Smith uh, you know, from Georgia, mm. except that with Nolan Smith played under coaches who actually put him where he should have been. <laughs> right. Um, McDonald has great quickness to the inside and outside. He's more powerful than you might imagine for a player his size, and he's got maybe the best spin move of any edge defender in this class. Mm. It's nearly Dwight Freeney worthy, which I don't see. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, but hey, okay, watch tape, man. Tape don't lie. Uh, McDonald is a hidden gem, and it won't take long for people to figure that out at the next level. I can't wait. You know, if like the Eagles take him in the second round, or you know, put him in those five man fronts, just watch him eat. It'll be yeah. you know. But where did this guy come from? Well, from a really bad defense, and now he gets to do this. Addressers like that are the kind of players that like the Chiefs take thirty first, right? And it's like what he they he could have tra- traded back, and then he's just really productive for yeah. a long time. I'll so, also add real quick, uh, Sam Laporta, the tight end from Iowa. Uh, there was one run Iowa he, tight end catch he had where, uh, well, yeah, Iowa tight ends. You know a little bit about that. Uh, that offense resembled uh, two dumpsters on fire crashing into each other and falling off a cliff, uh, and he still got it done. So anyone who succeeds in an Iowa offense, you want to bump them up on your draft boards. So two Iowa guys there. It's a great, that's a great call. Uh, I'm cheating with the first one. I've got two. I'm cheating with the first one a little bit. Florida guard uh, Osiris Torrance. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be go on day two because guards just don't typically go day one unless they're Quentin Nelson. Right. And I just think he's a plug and play. Like he's just a mauler. He's a beast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a team's going to grab him and just plug him in. And he's just going to start for them at my right comp for him, by the way, was Mike. Years. Yeah. The really, really good player for, for yeah. about a decade in the NFL. I'm, I, I'm right there. I think a team's going to get him, you know, in the, in the mid to late thirties and be yeah. really, really happy with that. I also got to watching a lot of Jonathan Mingo, the Ole Miss wide receiver. Yep. And again, is he ever going to be a pro bowler? Maybe or maybe not, but he blocks his ass off. He's really tough. Uh, I think he can affect the game at all three levels. Just a, mm-hmm. one of those guys is like, Hey, that's just a football, player. that's just a good player. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to go in the second round and a, and a team's going to be really happy with him at receiver. So those are the two uh, day two or three guys that jumped out to me. Yeah. I love Torrance. It's just that big, you know, any team that runs gap and just wants to beat people up. He's, he's your guy inside yeah. zone and gap, just leave yeah. him where, you know, guys will cross his face. He's not someone you want pulling all the time, but just have him stand there and eat people for breakfast. He can do that all day. Mingo, you know, a lot of people I respect are really, really high on him, including you. And I liked him. I didn't love him. Yeah. And I guess my issue was another guy is close to home for you. When I, when I see, those kinds of receivers who are built like running backs kind of, and I think of Debo and I think of golden Tate. Mm-hmm. I think I want a little more after contact juice than I saw from him. That's I think, there, I think there were times, you know, I love the blocking. I love the playing demeanor. I think I wanted a little more explosiveness and maybe I'm just spoiled yeah. by watching Debo, especially. Um, but if I'm, you know, especially in this receiver class where I did 
my top eight receivers, I could have done 15. And Minga would have been somewhere mm-hmm. on there. He wasn't in my eight. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I like him. I don't love him. And that's kind of where I break off. That's fair. Yeah, he's not, like I said, he probably won't make a Pro Bowl. But guys that are just, I love good blocking receivers. And he's just a badass on that front. Yep. So I'm yes. in. I'm all the way in on and that. And you're not going to play much for a guy like Kyle Shanahan unless you can block yeah, exactly. Well, hey, Doug, this was uh, this was awesome. Always love doing this with you. Uh, get back to that mock draft, and everybody, yes. uh, make sure to tune in next week. We'll have some post-draft analysis for you right here on Florida and Territory. See you next time. Thanks, everyone.